But what stops us from believing that or walking like that, I would say the number one thing is sin, which uh, I believe that, well, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I, but I would say that a lot of people get into the trap of, you know, when things are going well, and you say, you know, yeah, you know, I feel good. I'm a child of God, and and uh, you know, and, and all that, and you and you 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 walk like that, and then we're all going to fall. You know, there's no question you're going to fall. Sometimes you fall harder than others, and then, but the but I think people get trapped in that uh, the shame of it, the shame like of of the sin, and and then you go, wow, you know. Uh, what an idiot! And and if you hold on to that, that can that can draw you away from that belief of how God's looking at you. So if you start living that way, that you know, oh, you know, uh, you know, instead of instead of like like even David, you know, perfect example, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> we know what he did with Bathsheba and all that stuff and and all that, and and he was he was he was living with that without confession. And he was struggling, and the Lord was putting pressure on him. And then it took uh, uh, took conviction for him. And then once once it was out and he opened, you know, he was on his knees, you know, and he fell down. And he, you know, and uh, so God forgave him. And then, he, but he but he he picked himself back up, and he started walking again. Now, some people I believe would hold on to that, and and you know I, I you know I I struggle with that sometimes, like. I'll be walking along, and 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 then all of a sudden, and you know, it's the the enemy that puts that attack, and says, you know, something comes out of the past and kind of hits you, and you go, and 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 it happens. It's harder for me now because because you know I've been saved. I forget how many years I've been saved. So so the 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 closer you become to the Lord, and the and the uh, the less you're involved in the world. When something comes back and hits you from way back when, uh, even stuff before you were saved, when it comes back and hits you now and you realize how pure God is, like for me, it hits me harder, you know, because it's more out of the blue. And then I go, ooh, why, you know, why did I do that? Why? And, you know, but if you, if you, if you get into that slump there, it's going to hold you back, you know, because it's already free. If you've asked for forgiveness, it's already forgiven, you know. Uh, we sometimes don't, I don't think forgive ourselves, you know, and we hang on to that, and that really that that's that's exactly where the enemy wants you to be, exactly, Dave. Yeah, I think like what you're saying resonates with me because I think about things that I've done in the past or the not so distant past, and I start to identify myself like I am this. Yeah, I think that's what what shame does. Is it? Like guilt is I did this, but shame is I am. This. Yes. And the, the enemy wants to keep us there. And when we identify that way, and then we're faced with the choice again, well, I'm a sinner, so what am I going to do? I'm going to choose sin. But like uh, Bob was saying, God doesn't view us as sinners anymore. He views us as redeemed, as righteous. And so when we can remind ourselves of that, we are children of God now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to always know that because, like John says, that what we will be hasn't appeared yet. 
That doesn't mean it, is it, it isn't true. It just means we can't always mm-hmm. see it. And so for me, that that constant reminder of, you know, I am, I was a slave to mm-hmm. sin, but now I'm a son of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, in this situation, what would the son of God do? Because yeah. I can do that thing. And so that reminder uh, has just been helpful for me that, and when that, when the negative reminders come, I'm not that. Like I, the enemy would love for me to believe that I am that, but that was something I did. Yeah. I'm not that. I'm, I'm a son of God. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Good point. The sad part is the enemy doesn't give up. <laughs> no. He no. just, you know, he conquers one sin and, and, he, and he throws another one in your face. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people have, you know, a long time with the same sin that they struggle with. Mm-hmm. So the, the guilt or the shame hangs in there. And like they said, that's what we hold on to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was reading something today, like, if you don't have peace, then your focus is, is not in the right place. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that lies true in the, uh, every day. We're, we're living in something else, and we don't have. But we're not living in peace, like he promises every day. Mm-hmm. That something's out of sync. Yeah. And so, and it could be some past thing, shame, or something you're, mm-hmm. you're struggling and trying to get right now. And and uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's. It's, 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 it's sad because it's the enemy. If it's a negative thing, it's, it's not a God. It's not right. the enemy. But mm-hmm. we still kind of react on it at shame or guilt yeah. mm-hmm. whatever yep. it is because we're always going to be in and out of sin. Mm-hmm. And exactly. We accept that that's right. God doesn't see us like that, but let's yeah. keep fighting on it. Mm-hmm. The more we grow, the, the more he attacks. Yeah. You know, like he's not going after the unsaved. He's coming after us. So we look... We're not whites. Yeah. So that's what's important to me to, to, you know, try and be that white to somebody else, even, even if I'll beat myself up to, to, mm-hmm. to, you know, not look like a, or, or someone look at me and say, well, you're a hypocrite because you, you're doing this, that, and the other. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. he hit it the nail on the head with the, the shame thing. It's what yep. we think we are. Yeah. We're not. Yeah, a couple of good points here as you were talking. One of the things is uh, uh, that, that first of all, everybody, all of us, you know, nobody's immune. Everybody has something that they struggle with. But we don't all have the same struggle. Okay, it might be easier if we all did because then we, I don't know. But, I, but anyway, my struggle is different than your struggle. So, you know, you might be subjected to whatever that is. And I'd be like, what? You know, I don't get it. You know, but the enemy does. So, so if 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 me and you are standing side by side, and you have one struggle and I have another, he's not going to reverse it for us and try and get me, you know, to fall into your struggle because I'd be like, you know. So, so he uses whatever it is you have. You know, that's where he's heading. Okay. Uh, I think just to that point, real quick. I think he uses that too, like. Put me next to you. He's gonna. What he's telling me is yours is worse than his. Yeah. He's telling you the same thing, and, <laughs> and we both believe it. Yes. You know, we look at other people and they're like, "Oh man, I'm sure they have their struggles, but it's not mine." Yes. Like, mine is worse. Mine yeah. is heavier. Right. Um, but he's telling that to them too, mm-hmm. and we all we all believe it. Yes. 
Exactly. Yeah, the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So then, uh, right, that. So right there, those two scenarios. Either way, just like that. Woody, are you going to go out and witness the people right there, or like if you're in that struggle, are you going to go witness the people, or you know, do you tend to pull back? You know, oh, now Satan's got you where he wants you. You know, let's pull back. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not good enough to to do this and that. So, you know, that's just where he wants us. Yeah, you don't want to hear how dare you say that to me? Yes. You're doing this over here. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the enemy saying, "No, you can't talk to this person because you're extolling this thing." Yep. And that pulls us back from witnesses. Sure. Absolutely. Alana. I'm just going to say, all of that lends itself to, I think, especially today, you know, in this moment in time, with the culture running rampant the way it is, mm. the world's going nuts. Pretty sure we're going to be pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy for us to forget. That Satan's the only one that's going to bring that up. Mm-hmm. God isn't. Right. God isn't mm-hmm. going to bring up. You know, if, if, if we've asked this forgiveness, if he's forgiven us for that, it's like that's. Mm-hmm. You know, he's on to other things. Yep. We should be too. And it's remembering that it's it's the enemy that's going to bring that up to us. Yep. That's, exactly. That's like that's our. In a sense, it sounds really simplistic to say that, but that's our first and easiest line of defense is to remember that. Mm-hmm. But in this culture today, it's really easy to forget it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For that to go out the window. Yeah. And then, again, then yep. that certainly lends itself to open us up to even more. Mm-hmm. I think more than we would even mm-hmm. imagine. Yep. You know, yeah. To step back and yeah. not, you know, talk about hiding your light under a bushel. Yeah, exactly. Under a bushel, we're trying to build a wall and put it over our heads and then throw some concrete on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. It's easy to yeah. do that, but it's Exactly. Yep. I think the best way to witness is to, to is to be honest and show that show the other person your struggle mm-hmm. and how God's working it through. Sure. You don't come off of, well, I'm a Christian and you know God's taking care of everything. No, I, you know, and He is, but it's kind. But I'm struggling with this stuff, mm-hmm. and if I can help you with yours, maybe you can help me with mine. Yeah. Just, yep. To me, that's the easiest way to uh, to witness to be transparent and, and not. That's how I always try to witness. Um, I try to definitely bring that into the fact because people have a misconception of what a Christian is, those that aren't saved usually, and they, you know, and they're very judgmental of a Christian because they feel that we are judgmental mm-hmm. towards them. And that's, I always come off with them right off the bat and just be like, you know, first I got to, you know, I am not perfect. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why I needed Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's why you need Jesus. Yep. It just rolls into that. Trying to correct that misconception. Yep. Yeah. Not perfect. Just forgiven. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's um, you started out with what we were talking about being, being a child of God, and I think that that really has to really has to affect the way we live. And I think I was having a conversation with a woman I work with today who's uh, Hindu, and uh, she's got her Bible, and she's just 
she's grieving and she's asking a lot of questions. And we talked about sin. And I think one of the things that we have to be really careful is, and I think we all have a tendency to do this, um, sin is sin is sin. Mm-hmm. We tend to grade sin on a curve. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or a rape or something like that is yeah. worse than a sin that we would say, uh, that's nothing. Yeah. Not in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he tells us that, you know, you know, you don't have to actually commit adultery. If you lust after a woman, that's the same. He's yep. telling us there is no difference. Sin is sin. He can't be around sin. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we have to be very careful in that we don't view people who are non-believers as being any different than we are. Mm-hmm. They don't have Christ. Yeah. We are just as bad, just as lost as they were, as they are. We yeah. were. Okay. We were, they were. And the only difference is our eyes have been opened because we have Christ, because we have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But without that, yep. we are no different. Mm-hmm. And we are no better. And, and if we're, we're thinking that somehow in ourselves we are better, we've kind of missed the whole point. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that somehow, and I think that's a, a very big tendency, it's very easy to get there. For us to think that somehow we are better because we, well, I live a better life. Yeah, you're missing the point. Um, we, we, we are no better off except that we have Christ. Mm-hmm. And we recognize that we can't be better off if we don't have Christ. And the conversation I had with her just today, and I told her just flat, I said, every other religion that I've looked at, Hinduism included, is basically the opposite of Christianity in that. It's always about if you do more good than bad, you're okay. That is that is exactly the opposite of Christianity. Is you, mm-hmm. Christianity is basically you. Doesn't matter how good you think you are, how much good you do mm-hmm. in yourself, you can't be good enough. Yeah, and that's why Christ is in. If we if we kind of get in that mentality where somehow we think it's us when it's not us, mm-hmm. I don't want to go before God and God sees me. Because I'll stand a chance. He's got to see Christ through me. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that we have a chance. And and that's a great thing because if it depends on us, we're done. Mm -hmm. There's no way. And and that's what this, a lot of what the Bible is about. It's just showing us. That's what the law is about. Exactly. It's showing us no matter how good you try to be, you can't, we can't live to God's standard. Mm -hmm. Because God can't tolerate sin. He just can't. Right. He's holy. He's righteous. He's sovereign. Mm-hmm. cannot tolerate it. And we all fall. Mm-hmm. We all make that mistake. And we just have to remember that, especially when you're dealing with people who are non-believers, because we know that it's not going to be received well a lot of times in the world. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. We, we know that. Yep. But there are people out who are non-believers who are seeking, mm-hmm. who are honestly looking. And, and those are the, the ones that we need to kind of recognize and remember where we actually stand and why we stand as children of God because of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's that's all they need to see from us. Yep, exactly. Because they know that we're going to, we know and they know you're going to mess up, we're going to mess up. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are. Yep. I'm not saying I'm any better than you are except that I've been forgiven, except that I have Christ. Yep. And somebody who's, I really believe somebody's honestly looking, you can't come to any other conclusion. If you want the truth and you are honestly looking, you will find Christ. Yep. Yeah. Because because it's the truth. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was listening to one of the preachers I listened to. He said the other day, uh, because he's talking about how people, non-believers say, you know, 
if I if my good outweighs my bad, I'll be in heaven. And the preacher said, there are no good people in heaven, only forgiven people. Because there's not one person that's good enough to get in. So I thought, ooh, yeah, that's a that's that's pretty cool, you know. And so so as as everybody's talking, thoughts are popping in my head that number one, you know, as far as sin goes, as far as a believer and sin goes, that that to be careful not to let let the past sins weigh us down, because. You know, our sins are, you know, if we're a believer and we, we, we uh, you know, uh, we repented and put our faith in, in Christ, our sin was taken care of 2,000 years ago. All of our sin. Sometimes I think we get in, you know, we get a little worried that, wow, did he really pay for that one? You know, that was a big one. But, you know, all of our sin was nailed to the cross back 2,000 years ago. And that, that's taken care of. It's a done deal once you accept Christ. Uh, and, and so we have to live like that, that we're, we're, we're free from that. And the other thing, as we're talking, and we, you know, you know, it keeps, you know, we keep bringing up about we're, we're in the world. We're still in the world. We're not of the world, but we're in the world, and the world is really bad, and, and it's not going to get any better. So, you know, uh, Paul talks about it, you know, it's a, it's a war. There's a war. And, and, and it's a war against, you know, uh, spirit and flesh and, and, uh, uh, you know, Satan's out there. And he talks about it in Ephesians 6, you know, put on the full armor of God. And, and, um, as we're, as we're wrestling with stuff like past sin or shame or stuff like that, that's where it's so important to, to know the word, you know, so that when that gets in our head, then we can just go like either either go to it or memorize it and say no no you know I'm a child of God you know I've been forgiven Christ paid it for me you know the Holy Spirit's going to complete it my you know to the end you know like that's what we got to fill up with and 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 when we do that uh, you know that takes the place of it and then it and then it gets us back in so that we're strong um, you know one of the one of the uh, one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, that I used to use in a different work scenario that I had before. You know, it was in Proverbs 27.1. It says, uh, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And I can't tell, me, tell you how many times I've used that scripture when I had to walk into a certain situation that I was a little apprehensive about. And I, I just keep repeating that. And Man, every time I used that scripture, I was as I was walking in, I felt the, the, the you know the anxiety or the fear go away. And then when I got done and I walked out, I went, "Wow, that was cool." You know, the Lord took took care of me because I stood on His word and I believed it. You know, that's that's why it's so important to know scripture and and to be able to you know it's even better to be able to memorize it, which I struggle with because I can't remember, but some some stuff I do. But uh, you know, like Mark, he can. I think he can memorize the whole Bible, but that's that's his gift, not mine. But that's what we need to stress upon, and that's what we need to be able to do. That's our sword. That's our armor. So, good stuff. Uh, we're in chapter three of First John, uh, and the 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 theme of this is God is love, um, and so. Um, We'll read. We'll start uh, verse one through three. It says, "How great is the love 
the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been known, has been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. One of the things, and I, I looked up uh, other, um, this, this is the NIV, and in the first verse it says uh, that the Father, how great the love the Father has lavished on us. And I always, it always kind of, I don't know, that word, I don't really ever use that word, uh, lavished. Um, and some of the other uh, Bibles, they don't, they don't use that word. But I do like it. Because lavish to me is is like an over the top word. Um, in other words, if he just said uh, um, that the Father has given us, okay, that uh, yeah, that's great, you know. But lavish to me is more like uh, you know, just poured it out on us, just covered us with his love, with his great love. Does anybody that makes sense to you? That do you get that? That the uh, to that word, you know, I don't know why they chose to use that word in here, but I, I do like it. Um, and, and that's the kind of God that we have, uh, that he does lavish us, you know, almost like smother us, you know, with his love. So I just, uh, I just, I just like that word. I, I'll probably never use it any, any other time except in here. Um, so then he goes on and he says, he's talking about, um, uh, that you know, if we believe in Christ, that we are His children, that we are a child of God, um, and He says, "Now, not later, not when we die. Now, you accept Christ, you are a child of God. Now, um, does that? Do you? Do you guys?" What do you think of that? Do you believe that? Do you walk like that? Anybody? I, mean, right? I, I believe it. Okay. I can't say I walk like that all the time, though I make the attempt to walk like that. Okay. If... Um, would it make a difference if you... Like, if you grab hold of that in your very being and believe in that, that you're a child of God right now, that help you with your walk, help you with your daily struggles? Yeah. 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 In um, uh, First John chapter, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, John, just regular John, chapter 1, let me just go read that real quick. He says in verse 12, Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So John, you know, he talks about it, about that before. 
But one of the best ones that I that I um, that I really like is uh, Galatians four, four through seven, and it says, "But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son." into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. And also daughters. I know they just put sons in there, but that means sons and daughters. Um, and the, uh, the, the when you read about it, and especially I'm going to read the footnote, but one of the cool things is like how much weight that carries being a, being adopted as a son of God. And it says, under Roman law, an adopted child was guaranteed all legal rights to his father's property, even if he was formerly a slave. And we were all formerly slaves to sin. He was not a second-class son. He was equal to all other sons, biological or adopted, in his father's family. Abba is an Aramaic word for father, it was used by Christ in his prayers in, well, it goes on to say Mark and all that. As adopted children of God, we share with Jesus all rights to God's resources. As God's heirs, we can claim what he has provided us, our full identity as his children. So, you know, all these things that um, that, he, that he's talking about and... and uh, this should, you know, if we really like meditate on these things and and start to get them ingrained in our hearts, um, I think it's going to make a difference in your walk and 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 and, and your belief and your uh, uh, strength here on earth and your faith. That you know, God is up there waiting for us, but we're already His child. So if you if you can relate that to you know, people that have children in here, you know, how much do you love your children and how much do you care for them and watch over them and protect them? Uh, and I know that it's more of a physical thing for us now because it's tangible. Uh, but, you know, even though we can't see God, you know, it will be tangible at one time, you know, when we, when we cross over. But right now it is tangible sometimes as far as we can see what he does for us. You know what his love does for us, and how far it reaches, and how he takes care of us and pro- provides for us. So, you know, just the, the the confidence that we have that this this no matter what's going on here on earth, uh, it's only a short time. It's only really a split second when you compare it to eternity. Um, so we can endure that, knowing what we have, and 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 we have an inheritance waiting for us. So, make sense. Um, and, and the key word there that I like is in verse 2. He says, now, now we are children of God. Not later, but now. And then he goes on, he says, uh, he talks about uh, what, what, we will be, what we will be has not yet been, been made known. Okay? We're going to be like Christ, but it hasn't been revealed to us what we're going to be. Any thoughts on that? What the, 
what we might be like when we get there, when we when uh, we have a new body and we're home. Any, ever, anybody ever think about that? I hear some different things. Uh, the Bible says we will be flesh and and bone, flesh mm-hmm. and bone. Mm-hmm. But doesn't it say we're going to be a spirit too? Like we're going to be back like spirits. So are we going to be flesh and bone, or are we going to be just spirit? This is this is what I believe, and what the you know this is what I believe that when we when we die right now, okay, because because we are spirit inside, you know, we're, you know, uh, uh, we just have on this coat of flesh right now, but we are spirit. God is spirit. When we die right now, we go to be with the Lord, and we're spirit, okay. But you know, after everything is done and at the end, and there's going to be a new earth. Okay, and a new heaven. That earth is going to be real, and and we're going to have some kind of flesh, incorruptible flesh, just like he did with Adam and Eve. That was his plan from the beginning. You know, when he created Adam and Eve and the earth and uh, and um, you know the Garden of Eden and all that, that was his plan. That is what I believe he's going to go back to. The only the only difference is this is going to be for eternity. God's going to dwell with us, uh, and but I believe we're going to have, you know, just like we are now. Well, as far as flesh and blood, and and but we are a spiritual being, but we are going to have something new, uh, just like just like Christ does. Uh, you know, He took on flesh and bro- flesh and blood, and uh, you know, that's what we're going to be like. Anybody, anybody else have any thoughts on that? Whether we're going to happen? And I think, like you said, Hap, I can't, I can't quite wrap my head around it because I'm stuck in, I'm stuck in this flesh. But you know, when it talk, when it talks about Jesus, you know, appearing in the upper room, 
uh, all the doors, it says all the doors were locked, you know, but he, next thing you know, he was there. So he, he had flash, but he was there. So, uh, you know, how's that work? I don't know, you know, but there's, there's lots of things that I don't understand how it works. That's because, you know, I have a, this little brain right now and, and we're not going to know until, until we get there to see what, what God has in store for us. But it's going to be cool. Jen. When Christ died and he left his body and then he rose again, he was reunited with his body. When mm-hmm. he first started walking on the earth, wasn't it too true that the disciples didn't recognize him at first? Too? Yes. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like his, it's like his, his flesh and spirit together. So like, yep. my question would be like, what did he look like? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, mm-hmm. he didn't look like he formally did because they didn't recognize him. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yeah, you're right. And it says, uh, it talks about Jesus, uh, you know, when it talks about, I think it's in uh, Isaiah, I believe, don't hold me to that, where it's describing Jesus when he came to earth the first time. And like Jesus wasn't, you know, everybody paints this picture, you know, of Jesus, what he looked like, you know, with the long flowing hair and the beard and handsome and all that it says that he wasn't he, he was he was normal he was just a what's that ordinary ordinary yeah like like if you walk you know walking down the streets and you saw before you knew if you didn't know it was jesus the messiah if you just saw jesus like and to his brothers you know he was just jesus you know he wasn't god so uh you know when yeah so when he yeah nobody recognized him afterwards until he started talking to him and then they realized, oh, you know, Lord. Um, but you know, when he was when he uh, when he was on the beach, and uh, uh, Peter was out in the boat fishing, and Jesus was made a fire and he cooked some fish, you know, for breakfast. And he said, you know, come on over, Peter. And then they were eating breakfast. So, you know, spirits don't have to eat breakfast. So, yeah, pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, and uh, speaking of um, speaking of Jesus and his appearance, and uh, you know how a lot of people portray him, uh, and you know, and a lot of people think of him when he came the first time, and how he was meek and mild, and which he was, you know, uh, on purpose. But when we get to see him the next time, uh, one of the best things that I like, you know. Uh, the description of him is in Revelation 19. I'll read that real quick. Uh, 19, uh, 11 through 16. And it says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes were like blazing fire, and on his head were many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe, dripped in blood, and his name was the Word of God, capital capital W, Word of God. <clears throat> the armies of the heaven were following him, riding on white horses, and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. That's a little bit of a 
little bit of a different description than uh, that what people, you know, kind of portray him now. I think that's pretty telling that, you know, you look at his, his apostles and you look at their fishermen, you know, and they're, they're, they're working men, right? So right. they are not your uh, refined, you know, upper class. They are working men. And basically, Judas has to point him out to the soldiers. Yeah. It's not like he stands out and he's so much different than they are. He blends right in with them. Yep. Basically, and he has to be pointed out. So that, that itself tells you that uh, you know, he's, he's I, don't, I don't want to say average, but he, he is not a weak, you know, he might be mean, but he's not a weak individual. Look at the, his apostles and what they did for a living, and he's blending right in with that. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, you know, for 30 years, you know, he was a, he was a carpenter, you know, and, uh, you know, when you read about it, it wasn't like he was a uh, rich carpenter either. You know, it says that he knew, um, you know, he knew about sorrows and, 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 and all that. So, you know, he didn't even stand out, you know, growing up, um, from, you know, with a physical appearance. Uh, but I do believe, I do believe this. Uh, I can't prove it, but people tend to think of him as like, like a wimp. Or a weakling or something. I don't believe that. I think that Jesus was probably, uh, pretty rugged. Uh, you know, he was a carpenter. He was, you know, he, you know, I, I think he was, you know, pretty tough looking guy. You know, not, not Mr. Handsome, but a, but a tough guy, not a, not a sissy. So, uh, one of the, uh, one of my, um, one of the scriptures that I think about a lot of times, uh, especially, uh, when I'm by myself uh, and kind of worshiping God and, and and praising God and you know and I, I you know I like to I like to kneel and just be by myself and talk to Him. One of the things that comes to my mind is that uh, in uh, Philippians two nine, and this is a day that I'm looking forward to. That's going to be so cool for believers. Uh, but it's going to be so cool. And it says, Therefore God exalted him, that's Christ, to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now if you think about that, it says, Every knee. That doesn't mean, that doesn't say just the believers. So at that, at that time, everybody, everybody who's ever been created is going to be standing there and at the name of Jesus, we're all going to bow, kneel down and bow and confess him. Okay? Even the lost. Because now they're going to be proven wrong. You know, but, you know, I thank the Lord that, that I know that now. And I thank the Lord that, that I can kneel down now you know, without him commanding me to. But I'm looking forward to when I, when I am going to kneel down, you know, on that day in front of him. Uh, but I'm going to be happy, you know, and every other, every other believer is going to be happy. But, you know, that's going to be, I don't know how many people that's going to be, but I just think it's going to be such a, such a 
uh, awesome day to, to, to see that many people just at his name just drop to their knees and confess to him and praise him. That, that to me is like, that's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know. Whether that excites anybody else or not, but it does me. So. Any other thoughts on that? any of this stuff? Are we going? No? I just wanted to say, when you, when you said uh, Abba Father, mm-hmm. uh, I was taught that Abba was like a term of endearment, like you would say, Daddy or yep, exactly. Papa, mm-hmm. something very close and intimate. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And that, that's really cool too, because then, you know, when you, when you, uh, you know, we have that as children of God, we have that privilege that, you know, when you think about it, God Almighty, you know, creator of all this stuff, He just breathed it into existence, you know, that we can go to Him and call Him Daddy. So, you know, how, how intimate is that? How much of a privilege is that that we can do that? So yes, you're right. And, and not only that, you were saying like how do you, how do you walk knowing that? And sometimes I have to make sure I'm not acting like a brat. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, watch out, don't mess with me because I'm a child of the Most High God. Uh-huh. I don't want to have to have a bad attitude or bad air about it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Be, be happy about it, but not like bragging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good. So then, uh, like you said, like, like if we believe that we're going to be like him, uh, then we should try to be like him now. You know, we should, uh, you know, we kind of are, we kind of are, you know, but we're not. We're kind of like in that, you know, it's always that battle, the flesh versus the spirit, you know, because we're, we're gods, but we're still, we still got this on us, you know. Uh, but we should we should be walking in the spirit, walking like we are children of God, acting like we're children of God instead of being brats, you know. Uh, Bob, what's cool is that we are in His eyes. We are that. We are righteous. We are clean, clean, white. Hmm? In His eyes, and that's part of grasp because well, we're in the flesh, and He knows that we'll we'll never truly feel that until. We're, we're fully redeemed and under and, and with him. So just being reminded that that he sees us like that, even mm-hmm. though we look at ourselves that we'll, we'll never be like that. This world's we're in this blessing in this sinful world. Yep. So it, it's pretty cool to know that uh, you know he, he doesn't uh, look at us. Mm-hmm. We look at ourselves. Yeah, exactly. What do you go ahead, Hap? I'm just wondering, isn't there somewhere in scripture Mike says something about we are being conformed to his image. Sure, yeah. So it's an ongoing... Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't fully come to fullness until we're actually with him on the past where he comes back. Right, So right. It's, it's another thing, you know, 100 years before we lived to we're still not fully there, but we're always... Mm-hmm. Yep. There's always sometimes a step back. Yep. What do you think a stumbling block is for that? Go ahead. Uh, it was just that concept of being, and that sort of gets into that, well, I'll call it my difficulty of 
being versus is it is God doing it for me? Is the Holy Spirit doing it for me? What's my responsibility? So it's you know you still got to work. So it's they're sad. I'm always struck by how easy it seems to be. Okay, you just you believe in Jesus, you believe in Jesus Christ and live your life like Jesus Christ. That's easy. I mean, there's nothing to being a Christian. And then you start, and then the more you get open it up, the more difficult it is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. it's a combination of that being and responsibility that's still yeah. the tug, tug in there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hap. What you say? Isn't it so much a wonderful mystery? And part of Philippians where it says. He who has begun a good work in you, right. is faithful to complete it. Yep. Well, what is my responsibility to that? You know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. But we do have a responsibility. Like we're not just gonna, you know, I'm gonna sit back and let the Holy Spirit do it because He will, He will convict you. Well, it's like, I mean, I think that's one of the beauty of First John. That if you jump up to two twenty eight, He says, "Now little children abide in Him, so that when He appears, we have confidence and not shrink away from Him in shame and His coming." And that, you know, First John is all, it's, his, it's the reminding, the mm-hmm. constant, you know, we, we know the background that the Gnostics were, mm-hmm. that was just taking over. And people were doing stuff they weren't supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, they're saying, mm-hmm. yeah, I believe in God, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. we're here, and I'll do this. But I believe in God, sure, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's that, that constant reminding, and like you're saying, well, what's my responsibility? It's that abiding in Him. Yeah. You know, God knows we're going to stumble. He knows mm-hmm. we're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't say Christ declares him to be hidden. Yeah. But it's that constant reminder of that constant. We're, if we're doing our due diligence, mm-hmm. whatever I used to say, mm-hmm. we're doing due diligence, yeah. we're abiding in him. Mm-hmm. No. Yep. Yeah. We're going to mess up. But abiding in him means that, you know, if you were to carry here, we're going to go, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, we're going to run for the other room. Yeah. It's that, like, you know, we talk, I'll says uh, he he chastises chastises those he loves so but i was thinking when bob said that that god looks at us now like as his child 